What is up, everybody? This is Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. Uh, I am Jerry. Uh, joining me today again is Cameron of the Carolina Toffees, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Cameron, how art thou? It's good to see you again. Good seeing you again, Jerry. It's been a couple months, and uh, oh. I feel like we've got some different kinds of questions that are going to be uh, answered than when we last spoke in July. Different vibes. Very little, different vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have this weird thing called a smile on my face. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't usually do this very much when I, when I talk about this club. <laughs> At least in terms well, of matches. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say your awake hit looks awesome. It looks great. Uh, your background is the... Uh, the Carolina Toffees at uh, Queen City Bites and Crafts, right? And it's, yep, this is so. It's an updated uh, background from the last one, and so this is from our meetup uh, a couple of weeks ago for Tottenham, and obviously that one went pretty well. So obviously we can talk about that a little bit, but it's uh, it, once again, yeah, this is Queen City Bites and Crafts in Charlotte uptown, which is our home again this year. Special thanks to them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so I'll ask you a, a few more questions about uh, about the Carolina Toffees meetup here in just a little while, but I need to get to something first. So Cameron, a little bird told me, and by little bird, I mean you via Twitter message, that today is your birthday. It is. Number, uh, <laughs> number 38 today. I actually just got back here from a celebration. So I'm uh yeah, so I'm actually. This is a uh, definitely something I would have wanted to do on my birthday. This is a lot of fun. I enjoy this. So um, I, I, I was just like, when I found out it was your birthday, I was like, you sure you want to deal with me on this man? <laughs> yeah, if, if we were talking about maybe Friday or Saturday night, that would have been in a probably different issue. But <laughs> yeah, today's a good night. <clears throat> Very cool. Happy 38th. That is awesome. Uh, congrats. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to do like a Johnny, what is it? The Dana Carvey, Johnny Carson impression. Where he's like, if you're just joining us, Ed is drunk. And I wanted to say that. <laughs> like, if you're just joining us, Cameron is hammered. Uh, <laughs> he's out for his birthday. He's making all kinds of crazy statements. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Still yeah. There it is right there. It, it's that check is in the mail, folks. Just say <laughs> Very cool. So, so uh, did your family uh, sing "Spirit of the Blues" to you tonight? They did it, but then again, they—I uh, don't think they're quite up to speed on what's happened in the last about 48, 72 hours. Well, at least in the Brit pop charts. Um, I, I can't get over this. <laughs> and, and quite honestly, I was a little late to this as well because I—I did being over here. I had not realized what was going on and then all of a sudden every every video on social media had suddenly had the same music background to it so it, it just took off it is <laughs> the silliest most hilarious thing i am so proud of this that this is the team this is my team i'm yeah. so proud of this it's such a silly thing man and so many people are like 
taking it seriously from some oh. of these other teams. Like some of them are totally right in line. They're like, yes, this is funny, good stuff, everyone. And then there's others like, oh, they're celebrating winning three games. I'm just like, we are feeling good. That's right. I mean, that's not what a celebration looks like for us. You should wait till we really get started. This is. I believe some of the fans who are taking it a little too seriously are also the ones that say that they're going to win the league after September. So on most years. So it's, uh, you know, it's fun to like goof. It's fun to, first of all, it's fun to be winning and mm -hmm. it's fun to be having a lot of fun with it too. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not just, it's not just spirit of the blues. It's the theme from Zed cars. cars. And, and uh, was it, here we go. Is that the here other we, one? Here we go. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> It's and now and, and Howard Way is now one of the top downloaded movies again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's a like it's it's good it's really good energy. It's it's good feeling stuff. It's uh and I, I got to be honest. Yeah, so those videos, okay? I I went on a tear like was it last night or the two nights ago where I was watching nothing with those videos and my kids would come up behind me and just start watching the with me. And I would just be sitting there like, <laughs> like giggling. And my wife would come in and be like, you're watching another one, aren't you? Well, they keep digging. <laughs> and they're so good. And they get even crazier with each one. It's like now that I think the, the Van Damme one had me on the floor. Cause with the one the, from, uh, I think Bloods, not Bloodsport, uh, the, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but Kickboxer when he's dancing oh. on, Dancing to the jukebox scene. I have not seen of... that, and I am gonna. I'm so excited. I've been watching That's these just fantastic. absolutely obsessively, man. I ah, oh. so I was watching those, and the one Carlton from Fresh Prince, that one's great. Okay, when he's doing his Tom Jones thing, normally, you know. So that one's so good. Uh, the Home Alone one is great. Where the, the so it's Pesci and. Uh, Oh, oh gosh! Well, Daniel Stern outside in their van. They pull up, and it's when they're playing like rock around the rocking around the Christmas tree. <laughs> and they did they just adjusted the volume like they could hear it outside, and then you cut in and you see the Michael oh. Jordan poster going by. Oh, oh it's brilliant, God. man! It's so good, so good. And the uh, the Back to the Future one is great. Oh, uh, this is a funny SpongeBob one. Uh, and I will say the American Psycho one is extra spicy. Oh, and, in the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah that one um J jerry uh, started watching that with a kid watching and he had to turn it off really fast <laughs> as soon as i get done with this that's you know i know exactly what i'm going to start doing so <laughs> uh, oh my gosh man yeah so so yeah it's just really it's awesome uh you know the guy uh is it finn kitsch i guess is uh, yeah the one you know he's getting like interviewed and stuff and he's like such a such a like he's underplaying it you know just a, seems like a, a good sport you know uh, just uh, the whole thing is very the fact that national news is taking it on it's just yeah i saw bbc sport was going to talk to him i think today <laughs> <laughs> and he was kind of like seriously yeah it's great oh, guys, uh, this is a joke. <laughs> yes so yeah and actually you know what's really funny is my the very first one is one of my favorites the one with those those apes dancing and doing all those dance moves i just I showed that one immediately to my kids immediately. And my whole family was just like rolling and yeah, I still go back to that one. Just saying. No, so anyway, the, the joke. And then the final one is that the Tony Bellew, uh, uh, did the, the Joker. 
scene and <laughs> that one I have to go into. Yes, that one was good. That one was really funny. It's it's funny. The cool thing is like every time I think, oh, here's a dance scene. Wonder if anybody's gonna do that Pulp Fiction dance contest. Oh, they did it. Good. You know, and there it is. You know, stuff like that. It's just there's always some uh, some good folks out there doing the, fighting the good fight. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, good good for them. I, I yes. just don't have that kind of creativity. <laughs> Uh, I, I get all paranoid that if I do one, then somebody's like, oh, I already did that. I'm like, you're right. You did. Stole. An hour before me. I am sorry. <laughs> Stole. Anyway. You know, give me give me credit. I'm like, give me credit. Give me my credit. Like, I, I will. I made this, but I will. Okay. Anyway, so good vibes all around. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a good good time. Uh, and uh, frankly, uh, it's it's nice to be to, to be having these kind of conversations. You're right. You're right. This is this is cool. And we're going to actually uh, get even more in-depth on the football where the conversation can actually continue. Um, it can still be good vibes, which is nice, friends. Okay? So um, anyway, so that's the end of my introduction. Uh, so let's really quickly talk about – sum up what's going on uh, coming up. Uh, really quick, we're going to do a palace reaction because that happened. That mm -hmm. happened. And it didn't make us uh, want to, uh, you know, bash our faces in. Um, yep. It was actually not the worst thing for us. Uh, and we need to talk about upcoming Carabao Cup match with West Ham, upcoming league match with Brighton. May get into a little bit of transfer window stuff um, when we delve into the mailbag. Uh, and but that is, it is a mailbag segment coming up near the end. Some folks on Reddit submitted some questions and uh, we're going to answer them. And that'll be the end. And then... And then Cameron will be free to go paint the town blue. <laughs> Just saying. All right. He's like, yep, I'm going to do it. Not, Just saying. Not this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> for the, pretty much from now until next Tuesday. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> all right. All right. So Palace Reaction. I don't want to, if you've recorded it and haven't watched it yet, uh, two, two, one. Yeah. So sorry for the spoiler. Uh, two, one. Everton win on a Richarlison penalty. Gameplay was really scrappy. Um, kind of, uh, I don't know, not a ton of like really clear-cut chances in the game. It was uh, just not a very clean, cleanly played game. But I got to be honest, the Blues' first goal was nice. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was one of the best team goals, not just... Uh, you know, for us, it was the best team goal I thought all the whole weekend and maybe the season so far. That from start to finish, that was about as good as I've ever seen them play in. Well, I mean, in a very very long time in terms of build up from the back and all the way to to the finish from DCL. I mean, it was. Uh, I remember they kept showing the replay of Hymas going through the going through the defender's legs. And every time that happened, everybody at the at the pub was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> and nice. it was just it was just just brilliant for all yes. all around. And I and it was it was one of those things where you kind of you settle down after that a little bit because we had talked a little bit amongst ourselves at the pub. This is one of those games that was going to be tough. Palace have been in good form. And it was really a matter of can we score first and get and kind of settle into this game because if we don't, there could be some problems. But we can get to that in a second because Palace did settle in 
uh, later on. So, but that was, it was a brilliant goal. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, when Palace got their, their equalizer on a corner on a set play, shock me, you know, (laughs) off a dead ball corner and uh, Kuyate manages to, it looked like he was set up kind of behind the keeper uh, when the ball was being kicked and then darted out kind of in between Keane and Richarlison and went up and the ball sailed over Keane. And let's be honest, who's going to win that between Richarlison and Kuyate, who is a bigger, more physical player? Um, it's just, it seemed to me like they had, uh, they were a little more aware and we didn't immediately adjust to his quick movement to get open. Agreed. And this was a, a situation also where, you realize that for how good Everton has started this season, they still have issues at the back right. and zonal marking is still a problem on set pieces. Uh, now I know Carlo isn't so much into that, but it's at the same time, we're still, you can tell we are still maybe a player or two away in the back to mm-hmm. really, if we're, if we're really striving for uh, big, big ambitions here in the league moving forward, you realize that first off, you have to be better at marking because uh, that was yeah. just unacceptable. And and also, we we definitely still need another big man back there to to in terms of providing cover. Because I know we have Mina, we have Keane. You know, Mina's still a little inconsistent. Uh, Keane, I think, has played so much better under Carlo, like most of them. Yeah, but there is still those lapses that they have when they're communicating to each other on these set pieces that. Well, was, and I'm not taking anything away from Kuyate. He out, he out, uh, jumped everybody and got rightfully got that goal. But it's still one of those things that frustrates you, and you kind of revert back to, oh, that's right. We still need something. We still need another player back there who can mm-hmm. make, who will provide us cover and and not give us heart attacks every time that we have these set pieces. I keep wondering, like, if if we are a little more heads up at that moment. You know what I mean? And we actually pick him up and actually pick somebody, you know, put somebody appropriate on him. Uh, it just seemed like because he was there hanging out behind the keeper, we just weren't paying attention to him. You know, yeah. and just, you know, it just seemed like we just need to continue to be a little bit more uh, mindful of what's going on. You know, just constantly be thinking like, oh, that guy over there who's hanging out behind the keeper, you know, he, he may have a, actually have a reason to be there. You know, you know, I guess just kind of uh, be a little bit more predictive of, of what could actually happen. You know, um, I don't know, more aware. Uh, and I think that's just going to come from continual, like more experience, you know. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it's it was a frustrating play, especially since it happened when I walked out of the room. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. also it also happened about, I don't know three or four minutes after I looked at somebody and was like, they're, you know, they're kind of settling in here. Um, yeah. I'm really, really hoping something doesn't happen in the next like four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, and, I, and, you know, critical. We, it happens to the best of us. Uh, every mm-hmm. team this happens, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll lose somebody uh, on yeah. marking box. And it, I mean, you just, it's one of those things where Carlo's going to look at you in training that week and be like, don't let that happen again. Right. So, so basically the rest, the rest of the time, I mean, not a ton of chances. It was a lot of, a lot of scrappy stuff, a lot of athletic play and the game 
hinged on uh, on a, a handball call. Um, so uh, let's get your thoughts on it. I, I didn't want to just necessarily weigh in before you had a chance to weigh in first. Um, mm-hmm. I, and not that the rest of the world hasn't already weighed in, mind you, um, because now Everton gets a penalty and wins a game. There's something very rotten. No one likes that. And so now let's question everything, right? right? So <laughs> uh, anyway, but to be fair, um, you know, I think I heard some Roy Hodgson comments uh, and um, what's it, Bruce, Steve Bruce comments where, and honestly, they talk sense. So anyway, you go ahead and then I'll, I'll chime in after you got that. Sure. And, you know, there was another handball issue before that that was ruled not a handball. So, which was also the right call. And I, we all looked at each other and said, that's not a handball, at least mm-hmm. by what we traditionally think is a handball. You know, right. he's not raising his hand up. He's not trying to knock the ball down. Uh, but the letter of the law now, as the FA is calling it, is that really, you, if it touches your hand, there's no wiggle room for the referees now. Yeah. And they have to do this. I, I don't blame the reps for it. They have to call it because if they don't, they get in trouble. Right. Uh, I'm sure a lot of the times they don't want to do it, but that is what it is. Carlo said after the, the game that it's not for him to judge what's going on. He kind of insinuated it's disappointing, though, uh, what this new this, he didn't go as far as Steve Bruce did to say they have to have a, you know, they need to meet, meet with the FA and really go over this. But I you could tell Carlo was a little hesitant to go into it and really say that it was the right call. Uh, and that's kind of where we all were too, and, and myself included. Uh, we had There was actually a Palace fan at the pub. All you can really do is look at him and say, kind of shrug and say, sorry about that, but it is what it is and that's the, and that's the rule. Uh, we, we, look, we'd have been furious if it had happened to us and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you're right. In the past, this had, this goes against us every single time. And the fact that it didn't go against us was a shocking. Yeah. B, I think it's shocking to the rest of the country. And that's why they're yelling about it. (laughs) Now they're they're wondering, wait, wait a minute. Is this, does this rule actually work? And I, and then there's the conversation that everybody's going to have is like, do we need to get rid of it? It was like, well, you kind of are in that bed now. You can't just retroactively say it's, uh, you know what, we're going back to the old rule because then you're going to have a whole new can of worms. But mm-hmm. bottom line is, by the letter of the law, that was a handball. I don't agree with that, this new interpretation of it, but it is what it is. We did get a penalty out of it. And most importantly, Richarlison converted it because that was actually mm-hmm. the biggest nerve wracking part of yeah. this. <laughs> Was is he our is he now going to be our penalty taker? And because it looks like at least he's cool enough to to slot that one home. And you know we kind of did the like clap after it was it was over. We didn't go in berserk or anything, yeah. but it was but it was relief more than anything else. Yeah, those kind of run ups just uh, just absolutely do my head in, man. Yeah, those I, I'm just like, can we just go kick the ball? This little, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like they're playing uh, uh, Nintendo on one of those power pads when you have to sit there and do it like that really back in the day. Oh, my gosh. It absolutely kills me. And I'm just sitting there thinking, if my kids start doing that on their penalties, I yeah, we're going to have problems. 
I'm going to send a Richarlison. You will get letters. Okay. Oh my gosh. I, it's just like, you know, if it works for them, cool. It's just, it messes with me. Cause I'm just like, I've seen so many miss like that. And I feel like if you're going to do a fancy run up, it's never miss, man. Never it's, miss. It's just you and me like get off my lawn type thing. Just <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like that. Oh, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you. I think, the, I mean, the interpretation now, they talk about making your body bigger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if you handball it and your hand is against your side or if it hits your arm, they're not going to, they're not supposed to really call that a handball, right? But well, to be fair, dude, dude's dude's arm was like this. And is this a natural position to, to like squat and get ready? Yeah, I'm doing it right now, just naturally, just doing it. It is sort of a natural thing to do. But I'm making my body bigger, aren't I? By, you know? by, yeah, I mean, literally, yes, you are. Yeah. It's, it's and, you know, I, we're seeing too many instances where the human body cannot physically do what it wants to do if you're jumping in the air, for instance, like mm-hmm. we saw in another match this past weekend. What is the guy supposed to do? Former Evertonian, by the way, who who was penalized for that in the Tottenham mm-hmm. match, where he, you know, he's jumping up to try to, yeah. and as soon as that happens, he's, his, his arms are like this. I mean, what is he supposed to do? That's how everyone, when they're jumping up to do something. And he's backwards. And he's, he's backwards. Like got, and he doesn't even know where the ball is. <laughs> how is he going to have time to move? That's the thing that startles me, like that used to be a part of this interpretation. It used to be a part of this rule. If you don't have time to move, you know, you know, and I got to be honest, like uh, I didn't think, uh, boy, was it Ward? I don't think he had time to move. He didn't. I don't. But that's not a part of the rule anymore. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so it's it is it is a rule issue. We've been asking for, hey, give us a blanket thing, something that makes sense. And now we've got it and we hate it because yeah. it's still not right. It's still not. <laughs> no, it's definitely not, you know. So I so yeah, we you don't want to let the referees continue to make judgment calls on these things, but that's kind of the point when you have three of them out there to yeah. maybe convene, have a conversation and uh, having talked to someone, maybe not just one person in the VAR room looking at this, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. two or three guys looking at it and making maybe they have to make the decision anyway. If the VAR is called, why not have three people looking at it? Yeah. And making a majority decision. I mean, it's it's a it's a suggestion. But, you know, I, at this point, I know we're starting to muddy the waters, but it's <laughs> at the same time, you know, they're already taking enough time as it is with VAR to make these calls. And they're not, honestly, it's like, it's either they're not, the calls are not being correctly made or mm-hmm. now we're making rules. So I don't know, like draconian to the point where you're not, you're taking a referee's judgment call out of it entirely. And yeah. it's uh, it now, now literally is if you're a defender, what are you supposed to do if you're in the box and the ball's coming at you? It's, I think I think they're almost being like smart alecky. They're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Well, we'll give you what you want. Here you go. Here's this rule, and it's not going to be our fault because this is what you wanted. So there you go. You know what I mean? And then just kind of like, well yeah, yep, you did it. It's kind of like the way they brought us VAR the first year. The first year of VAR was a joke. It was not implemented properly. And now now this season you actually see them going over to the monitor. You know what I'd love is if we could get a feed and hear what their conversation is the way they do in other leagues. That would be rad. 
that right there with an old rule where you understand why they're saying no to some of these, that's not a bad plan. Uh, totally agree. I mean, if you can at least let rep managers and players hear it afterward, mm -hmm. and then they can at least know why something happened the way that it did, and then they get an explanation. Because when you don't explain yourself, and this this is a, an epidemic, for mm -hmm. lack of a term, uh, in a lot of leagues, like here and, and in Europe and all over the world, referees aren't being held accountable right. for what they're for very big for very important decisions that they're making for lots of people so i mean if if you don't hold them accountable then you know they're just going to continue to do it and right. if they at least have to explain themselves then maybe they'll think twice the next time about you know when they it's something that close yeah and you can actually hear the back and forth at that point it'd be great you could understand the thinking you know, that was one of the things that drove us nuts last year. You'd sit there and hear them going like this, and then <laughs> never look at the monitor. You're like, okay, well, somebody told them what to think. Good to know. Okay, let's move on. You know, it's, it was really frustrating. But right. and, and then constantly when they're, they would just tell the managers and players to get away from them and not, not explain yeah. it. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, ugh. by the way, as a side note, can we, can we do the referees a favor? And not have them look like such idiots in their outfits. I think somebody needs to make, uh, we need to make a statement for them. Because no one, can they look cool? Can they get kitted out, please? Yeah. You know, I feel like that's half of it. Because they look so obnoxious sitting there, you know, with the, uh, it's awful. Yeah. You know, somebody needs to sponsor the refs and throw them a bone, please. <laughs> well, it's like, why is it always like a bright neon color that they have to wear pink or yeah, yellow or i mean not this yellow i'm talking like just a highlighter color every time that they're out there and it's yeah you're right always it's, it's always somebody who looks like they rem, the kid in class who reminds the teacher she forgot to give the homework that's what their kids look like every their kids look like that every time you look like that kid every time refs so yeah anyway <laughs> it's just driving me nuts Anyway, it, it would it would make me feel better. And one last thing, let's get back just back to the football really quick because I feel like we've we've dwelled on the on the refs and the rule long enough. Uh, can I just say uh, my play of the game? Decore. Decore, tracking down Zaha, mm. and not just knocking away, but getting possession of it and passing it out. All right, holy right. crap, mm -hmm. that guy. He's, He's not perfect, but plays like that are just. He is everything advertised as a box-to-box -box midfielder. And mm -hmm. he has saved our behinds a couple of times already this season by tracking mm -hmm. back and taking taking out, legally, taking out the guy with the ball. Yeah. Uh, was the latest uh, victim of that. And he, uh, interesting comments he made, uh, I think it was yesterday, saying that, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg with me. Right. So he's, I like that attitude too. Yeah, you know, he's like, "Look, I got a lot of improving to do." I love that. Yeah, so I'm I'm very excited. I know that you know, we can talk for two more podcasts about Hymas, but it's and what he has done. Yeah. But the important and the important positions we desperately needed: defensive midfield and box to box midfield play, and we've mm -hmm. got that in Allen and Decore in respectively. So. 
those guys are two guys that you do not want to mess with when you get into the final third of our of our uh, of our group because if yeah. you can somehow get past Akure, which has not been very often, then you you deal with Allen behind him. So it's yeah. uh, they they have been everything and more in terms of yeah. advertised. Yeah, they gelled so quickly and been exactly what we yeah. need. I celebrated that Decore play like a goal, man. Oh, I really did. I think that was the loudest we cheered. Like aside from <laughs> the brilliant goal, the, the team goal at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, we cheered just as loud as Decore uh, took that ball away from Zaha. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so anything else on Palace? Or you feel like we're we're good at the moment? Yeah, I think that uh, we we well we beat the handball into the ground enough. Yeah. Like everyone else has, so but but yeah, <laughs> overall, just a summation. Uh, great team win, uh, gritty win, like you said. It was very scrappy. Yeah. That's the kind of wins that we're gonna probably see a lot of, or games that we're gonna see a lot of this season. We're just gonna have to gut it out for 90 minutes against teams that are gonna try and fight tooth and nail against us, and nice. it's gonna be just a knockdown dragout. That's how the Premier League is. I. You know, I like those games against West Brom, for instance, where it's 5-2 in a scoreline, but that's not going to happen very often. It's not realistic to expect that. And, you know, the idea of being able to grind out a win against a very good Palace side that I think a lot of Everton supporters respect. um, You know, I don't think we walked out of there thinking, oh, we were comfortable. No. 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 (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we'll never probably be that way. <laughs> but yeah, two road two road league wins. Uh, that's that's uh, that's a big deal. That is a heck of a start. Heck of a start. All right, moving on from Palace. Wow, that was bad. I hit the camera and everything. There we go. All right, so coming up, we have tomorrow, which tips the hand on. So when you're watching this, hopefully it's tomorrow, which would mean the game is today. Hey, so Carabao Cup, West Ham, uh, who I got to be honest, when I saw the draw, when I, I saw who we would play, I my immediate reaction was, well, it's not that bad. Okay, I don't like doing that. I don't like having that thought. I want to think. Oh, that's going to be a tough one. We're going to, you know, I want to meet myself mentally prepared for it. You know what I mean? And not like, so, right. um, and then I said that, and then I look at their past two results. Hmm. Okay. Uh, their previous match, uh, 4-0 win over Wolves, which in in, in WTF news, mm-hmm. you're kidding. All right. So no one on earth understands that result. And I feel like scientists 10 years from now will be studying that. Uh, before that, they got a 5-1 win over Hull. A little bit easier to understand. All right. Um, uh, Haller, or Halle, I'm going to mispronounce that left and right. And Yarmolenko, I think you could see being, because I think both of those guys started in their last cup match. Um, and I think Yarmolenko normally subs in. Uh, in their league matches, uh, but Haller uh, is getting goals lately and looks pretty good. And I could see Yarmolenko being a problem just because he always is for us. He is always a problem for us. So, <laughs> he, what did we say before the Bournemouth match? And when I last talked to you, who was the always the big problem for us with Bournemouth? Junior Stanislaus. Stanislaus, yeah. 
in that game. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember because both of us were like, "Do we have? Can we ignore that guy? You cannot. You have to say his no. name." No. And you know, David Moyes is starting Yarmolenko tomorrow. He'd be an idiot not to. Yep. It's that guy. I loves playing us. Uh, always has from his Kiev days. Yep. And he. Uh, I think maybe it's because I don't know if it's some sort of thing where we were trying to buy him and it fell through. Maybe he has a grudge against us, but whatever it is, you know, I remember him smoking us at Goodison last year. Yeah. And so it was, it, I just, I'm, I'm mentally preparing for him to be in the lineup as he should be. And uh, again, yes, this is a match on paper that we should win. I know Carlo wants to rest some of the guys again before Saturday, but we, even with the group that he will trot out tomorrow, uh, it, it should still be a much stronger team than the one West Ham will trot out. And, but again, the, the, I, as I said, we are going to be facing off as we, as if we continue to win games, everybody is going to, there's a target that goes on our back and right. everyone's going to be gunning and trying to knock us out of this tournament. Right. So this is a golden opportunity for West Ham to try and, and do this. And they obviously they've had success against us in the past. And I think what I meant to say, West Ham was Goodison was two years ago when they defeated us. And that was a two nil uh, victory for them. And Yarmolenko went nuts. And uh, because honestly, I was, the Yarm- Yarmolenko's successes against us have just blended all into one big long I, game for me. That's, that's the thing. And I should, I should have known that because I was actually at the West Ham game at Goodison last year so which was a lot better result uh, but the it was two years ago but again not taking anything away you're right the the what they did I don't understand at all 4-0 Wolves I mean yeah was that their home but at the same time I are you telling me that Jota leaving Wolves was made that much of a difference because it couldn't I just don't know it's just one of those games that made absolutely zero sense Watching yeah. watching the highlights of it, like Wolves just did not even show up for that match. Mm. But it's a new day, and they're going to have a lot of confidence coming in mm. here tomorrow. So I I see Carlo, and I sent you what the lineup I think he's going to trot out. I think it's I was gonna, about to ask you about that right now. <laughs> I, I think he's going to trot out a very similar group, mm. save for maybe a change in goal. Just because, not because he doesn't have confidence in Jordan Pickford. I think it's because he really needs to see what he's got behind Jordan. And since Joe Virginia has not been in the, the the lineup the last couple of games, even after some very good games in net in the cup matches, you, know, you figure it's got to be Losel at, mm. at some point. He's been in the squad. He's been with the team now over a year, and he's not played one minute for us. Right. So um, you, you figure this is going to give Losel maybe an opportunity to A, get some game time so he can either go out on loan or get sold or so, or just prove that he's the backup and then send right. someone else out on loan. So I feel like that's a, this is, if there's any time that Losel's going to get one game for us, it's tomorrow and, and to prove himself basically. But that's really for me, the only change I would make from last Wednesday's game against uh, Fleetwood. So, because it really watching that game against Fleetwood, they, they were flawless. They played extremely well from start to finish, save for just uh, shipping those goals in, like for, which made no sense at all. And so, but oh yeah, yeah, Pickford throwing one in his net, you know. 
I, I he literally did, and I just didn't. Yeah. I just don't get it because once again he played a lot better against good competition last last Saturday. But I, I, I just sometimes I don't know what goes through that kid's head. And I think it's a concentration issue with him, right? It's just he's looking. He looks past. I don't know if he's mentally prepared for certain opponents. If he's, I think he gets overconfident at certain times, and his play suffers because of it. When he feels like he's got something to prove. I feel like he, he he's doing a lot better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the games where he doesn't feel like he's got anything to prove, like when he played against Newcastle that time and he just looked awful, he was mm-hmm. emotionally just uh, just a wreck, and it, it put him off kilter. And it was, it was, that was one of the all, worst games I've seen one of our keepers play, just mentally, you yeah, know? Publicly stating things like the Newcastle fans got to him. It's like, well, that's yeah. good, because now they know that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know? uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, so but not to dwell on that, but yes, yeah, starting my 11 for, for tomorrow would be uh, everybody that just like last time, Nukanku left back because he played amazingly down the left side again when given that opportunity with Richarlison. Dean kind of a center back hybrid. He almost moves behind Nukanku, though. Almost a three-five-two in a way. Oh, hold on, Nkunku, right? Not Lukaku, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Lukaku, and I was like, wait a minute, when did that happen? <laughs> Nkunku. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, it's it, the, that that left side attack with him and Richarlison has looked very strong. It almost makes you think that not too far down the road that that could be an option in these big league matches. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm very excited. That's another, just a steal. It looks like that for bronze uh, in terms of, you know, absolutely nobody knew who that was. Save for people in the French that know the French league really well, right. uh, knew who he was. And he is everything that we could have ever asked for in terms of cover behind Dina. So, I, again, I think everybody that started on Wednesday, with the exception maybe of Pickford, uh, will, will, be, will be getting the start, I think, tomorrow. So, question. Did Iwobi start the last match, the Fleetwood match, or did he come in as a sub? Oh, you're right. I think he did come in as a sub. Um, was was Who was was Walcott starting instead, or who was the other? Walcott came off. And okay. I think early. And Iwobi okay. subbed in. And yeah, I have Iwobi starting over him on the right. So I okay. think it just, you know, I'm, I, I'm, he looked good in the Fleetwood match. Uh, he does game time. I think a lot of people seem to be more positive about him now that uh, over the last couple of games that he's been able to mm-hmm. get into, he seems to have worked himself in there. He was all over the place against Fleetwood, like on, on the ball, going from right to left. It, yeah, really, I think he's really bought in like everyone else has to Carlo's system. So it's uh, I, it's encouraging to see because everyone was saying just a month ago he's got to be sold. So yeah, he's an interesting one for me. I, I read a an article uh, where he was talking about Arson Winger, uh, talking about his best position, and Arson Winger was you know he tried him in a lot of different places, and he was talking about how great Arsenal is because they try you a lot of places. And they really give you opportunity to play as a young player. And he said Arsene Winger decided that his best position um, was uh, a 10 playing on the wing and coming in. You know what I mean? 
And mm-hmm. so it, it's that's what it, it seems to me that's the way Hamas plays, right? He's not a traditional wing player. He may start on that side, but he's coming, he's drifting in. And I feel like that's what Iwobi needs to do. He's not really one of those Walcott, like, speed down the line, get across, or try to beat them behind, and then get a quick shot kind of a guy. He's very much cut in and try to make things happen, but, you know, somewhere in that middle, in that central area, right? And so I think he makes a lot happen when he plays that role. But when he's trying to play that winger, just going down and crossing back, I, I don't. I think he's totally unimpactful every single time. It's true, yeah. And he's. You're right. He's when he was impactful against Fleetwood uh, last week. It was because he was sitting pretty much almost behind DCL mm-hmm. and being able to you know feed him in and then take off maybe a little bit down the right to help mm-hmm. him out inside the box. But yeah, the the wing the the winger. The winger role that Silva tried with him last year was a, a mess, and it's yeah. clearly not where he's supposed to be. But yeah, the, the nice thing is, is that, and you watched it a lot, and you could see it a lot against a team like Fleetwood because they had to almost all of them had to interchange with each other because they were in almost unnatural spots to a degree because mm-hmm. of how much he was trying to change up the side. So, so everyone was working really well together. In assisting, you know, Bernard was all over the place. Bernard, I thought he, oh yeah, had to mention oh him. Gosh. Yes, he looks well. so good. He looks so good in this new role, mm-hmm. in a very new role. You know, oh, yeah. love seeing that. It just—it's awesome to see him down. Like he—he he kind of is also he's on the on the flip side of Iwobi, where he's kind of filling in on the left hand side mm-hmm. a bit, but kind of more centralized. And when you see that three-headed monster coming at you with Nukunku, Bernard, and Richarlison all converging on that <laughs> side of that that side of the field. It's uh, it could be a little disconcerting, especially yeah. for uh, even yeah. season vets, season uh, right backs. So you're thinking Iwobi starts over Walcott, and you're thinking Losel starts over Pickford. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's a toss-up between Walcott and Iwobi at this point. Uh, they both need uh, game time. Mm-hmm. To yeah. really themselves, uh, and I think Losel really just because you know he's not played for us yet, and right. he need if there's one chance he's going to get from this point forward between now and probably the end of the year is this, unless some unless Pickford gets hurt, and so that's that's it. Yeah, that's it's probably the only place I would differ on you there. I'd probably say Pickford's going to start just because I feel like Ancelotti is kind of like, eh, I want to give him confidence. I want mm-hmm. him to keep building his confidence. He's but you never know. Because he's talking about, yeah, he's got my confidence. He's my number one guy. We're not looking for a keeper. And you never know if he's saying, yeah, don't come make a bid for him, everybody. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> we're definitely not trying to get Sergio Romero, you know? So that's the, I don't know if that's actually true. But I feel like if he played him, if he played Pickford in those earlier in that game last week, I got a vibe he'll play him this week. But honestly, man, it wouldn't surprise me because you're talking sense. So. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it, it's it. I, but I also wouldn't be surprised for those exact reasons. I, I think mm-hmm. it was a little shocking to me when he started him last week against Fleetwood. I was surprised and, as well. I was so, as well. Yeah. yeah. I. But you're wondering now because it's a good point. If he put him in there, it was his decision, and he had that confidence lapse, and threw in two goals, and you've kind of wondered, does he now has Carlo put himself in a position where he's got to start Jordan now, right, in order to make sure he stays confident. 
Right. So, yeah. all right. So moving on to Brighton. Um, I, I have not been doing cup predictions because for some reason I always feel like I'm overconfident in these cup matches and I'm scared I'm going to pick huge wins. And why do I feel like I'm the jinx? I don't know. I'm very worried about it, though. And yeah. it went well last time when we didn't predict it. So, just saying. Anyway, okay. uh, so Brighton comes in 12th, uh, just a slot behind West Ham. Uh, they got three points. They're 1-0-2. One, 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 oh, They've lost two. Uh, the most recent loss was the 3-2 to two loss in the late penalty to United. I was watching that game literally because I wanted to see United not win. That's why I was watching. I wanted to see Brighton get a, a bright spot because, you know, I I feel like they they played pretty decent f- football this season so far. Um, and I, I I watched a special on their manager and he seems like a brilliant guy. So mm-hmm. he seems like a really a guy who does things differently. Um, but then they got that late penalty and I was just like, oh, good good, yeah, good thing I was watching. Um, yeah. So. Before that, they beat uh, Preston North End 2-0 in the Cup. And before that, they beat Newcastle 3-0 in, you know, another crazy result. Um, I think when you look at their their lineup, you could be looking at Matt Ryan, uh, White, Duncan, Webster, maybe three in the back, Lampte uh, on the uh, on the side, Lilana, Basuma, Alzate, and then on the other side, Solly March, uh, Mope, and Trossard up top. Um, I think if you look at Danger, Danger Man, you got to look at Lalana just because uh, we know that he's a confident player with experience in the league. You got to look at Lampton and, uh, and Sally March, who played well last week. And I feel like Neil Mope has found ways to score recently. He's just got a nose for the goal. So, is there any other players where you feel like, or any specific player where you're like, I'm thinking about that player? I'll be watching that player. Anybody at all that I didn't mention or somebody I did? Uh- well, someone I'll start. I'll do someone you did and someone you did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, someone you did mention that is always when healthy is a problem for us when he's on the pitch. For, and when he was at Liverpool, that's Adam Alana. Yeah. He uh, he's obviously with the most experience in this club, and you know he he's a uh, he, he's one of those he's he, he's a almost uh, just one of those guys that continually runs around. Is a he's a field general out there. Mm-hmm. He. He's directing traffic, so to speak. There's a lot of young guys around him that he's trying to be able to help. And you can already see that his leadership is working because mm-hmm. they are such a well first between him and I think Graham Potter, the manager you mentioned, he's a mm-hmm. very, very well, uh, well-rounded guy. Uh, tactically, he is sound. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you watch that against United and he's he, they're so good on set pieces. They're so good on attack. And that's something that worries me a little bit uh, mm. as they move forward. They yeah. will try. Uh, and they know we're vulnerable back there a little bit. So mm. uh, they've got a lot of big players. Uh, you mentioned they, uh, they'll cause us problems in the back if we don't deal with them. Right. Uh, but, yeah, focusing in on Potter and Lalana, And then, of course, I want to mention Matt Ryan because the, the keeper, you did mention them. Mm-hmm. He uh, – but he he I think he is such a solid keeper. He's one of those guys that doesn't get kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit when they start talking about the great keepers of the Premier League. But mm-hmm. maybe it's where he plays or the fact that he's not flashy or anything like that. But he is one of those just solid backstops, yeah. you know, that doesn't make mistakes. 
I remember there have been games with him involved where he just stands on his head against us. And it's, <laughs> it's amazing, amazing saves. He's, I think, I feel like he really controls the box in front of him very well. That they, they're very compact in front of him. I think he, he directs everybody in front of him very well. So he, he's somebody that impresses me a lot. Um, so I, but yeah, it, as far as just attacking players and moving forward, you bet the guys you mentioned and Lalana especially are, are who yeah. are going to cause us the most problems. Against United, they hit, they hit uh, the post woodwork. It was just over. You no, know, it felt like it was like five times. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it seemed like they were uh, a little unfortunate not to get more goals in that game. Um, can we, uh, can we, so thinking about our lineup, can we just, uh, go ahead and say and agree nothing will probably change? I think so. I, it's just, you, you always at this point of the, as October hits, you start praying for no training injuries. Yeah. And Good point. Yeah. That's where you start to, the fatigue starts, but mm-hmm. we've had the nice luxury of resting players midweek. Right. So, yeah, I, I, it's another. If it's ain't broke, don't fix it. This is. I don't foresee any reason why that he can't trot out the same guys he's trotted out the last few weeks, on the on the weekends. Uh, this this group has shown that it can adjust to whatever formation is against. It's up against mm-hmm. whether it's Spurs and their high line press, whether it's Palace who presses, but then also likes to defend, play back a little bit, uh, whether it's West Brom and how compact they play and mm-hmm. play it. Uh, they have faced very different types of style of play in these first three weeks and have exploited all of them to a degree. Right. So that gives me a lot of confidence. And I know, you know, I, I would say normally when it being at home, that would be also a huge advantage for them. But without the fans, that kind of lessens it a little. Right, but at the at the same time, I, I go into this match. I actually go into this match a little bit more confident than I do with this West Ham match tomorrow, mm. just because uh, I feel like this as, as much as they could get troubled maybe in the back a little bit with some of these big players that it, that that Brighton has. Uh, I feel like once they're able to figure out a team like Brighton and be able, if they can keep the keep their attack away from the net and just kind of push them off like they've been able to do, like Dina and and Keane and all and Coleman especially mm-hmm. just had an absolute resurrection of a of his career this season. He's looked amazing. Yeah, if they could continue that kind of work back there, along with having Decore and Allen with them, mm-hmm. uh, and then start playing that high line that they 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 really started to exploit uh, with Jaimes and and Decore of course, and then and moving everybody up top. Uh, I, I really do have good good confidence that they are going to come away with three on Saturday. My confidence against Brighton over my confidence against West Ham uh, is more is d- uh, completely due to the starters. Mm-hmm. It is completely due to my I have stronger confidence in this strong starting lineup than I do in the in the other starting lineup. Period. That's it. Um, do I think the other starting lineup is winning my confidence gradually? Yeah, I think we're developing a system. Uh, but the uh, but some of those players are some of the players that we had issues with last season. And mm-hmm. they have to sort of 
I win my confidence back. Not that that's what their aim is. They're not aiming to please me unless the point of the Premier League is very different than I understand. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I just feel like, you know, I look at, I look at the fact that Delph was, is in, is probably going to be in the starting lineup against West Ham and last season, you know, not really, not really a good thing. You know, Sigurdsson was, was, was sort of inconsistent, you know? So it was just, there are things like that where I'm kind of like, you know, it wasn't, I don't really have the confidence that I have in these starters yet. Do I, do I think they're gradually coming together? I look at Sigurdsson, he's, 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 slotting into our system now and i feel like we have more more faith in him we have faith in him as a sub in these games against brighton he's mm-hmm. looked good i mean he's looked good in league matches when he comes in and does a job you know mm-hmm. uh well, it's it's been better is what i'll say it's been yeah, much better and he's because he's playing his natural position and mm-hmm. he's playing 10 role he's behind the striker and every time that we get a free kick near the box there he is if he's on the pitch and he's delivering a pinpoint Mm-hmm. cross in for yeah. a kick into the box that, you know, the only reason it doesn't go in is because either somebody missed it or someone was offside. Yeah. And, and, that, and that was it. I mean, he, he's been, yeah, it's another guy who's had, you know, a, kind of a, almost a resurrection under Carlo. Carlo has mm-hmm. a knack for this, as we've been told <laughs> when he first arrived. Yeah. And I, it, it's honestly, you know, as, we uh, people are still upset you know, with how much we paid for him. But again, I remember when we got J- Gilfie and how much we thought, boy, this is going to turn our team completely. Right. And the fact that he wants to come here. Right. And obviously it's been a few years and I, it, you know, but now he has the right system and the right manager. And it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say that about, about eight of our players that are out there right now. So, right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like if he were to start, if Sigurdsson were to start instead of Gomez on, mm-hmm. you know, this weekend against Brighton, I'm not immediately going to go, you know, I just because of what's been happening lately, because he's been slotting in because I, you know, he, he's getting my confidence back, you know? So, so speaking of our confidence against Brighton compared to our confidence versus West Ham prediction for the score. Yeah. It, just on final note on that, if those, if these teams were flipped, I mean, I would be concerned about Brighton tomorrow. With, with I would this. agree. I agree. I fully agree. Yeah. Much yeah. more so than if we played West Ham this weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's just where we are. I mean, we're still, but we're getting, but like we're inching, I'm inching closer like you to being more confident in the weekday team versus the weekend team. Right. But it, I'm always going to have way more confidence in this group that's playing Saturday at right. this point. <clears throat> as far as my prediction uh, this is actually the first time I've been able to do this. So hopefully I'm right. I'm not going to, I still think Brighton, Brighton is going to come out. I think they're going to be wary of the fact that we are going to play a high press. They're going to probably mm-hmm. sit back a little bit. They know they're going to have to attack us at some point. Uh, it kind of feels like when we played like Palace in mm-hmm. a way that if we get off to the, the good start, that it could settle us in. But I'm always aware of the fact Brighton does have that capability to come back at you real quickly, like they did, for, for instance, against United. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say that this is a good. This is going to be. I won't say too high scoring. I think this is going to be. I think we're going to win this game three one. That was my initial. Uh, 
I don't know if you can read that. There's a Got three it. and a one. Hey, and we didn't Got plan it. this. We didn't no, plan this. No, no. <laughs> I feel like every time I'm picking scores lately, it's, I'm picking the same scores the person <laughs> I'm doing this show with. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. You're here for the variety, everybody. Gosh. That's, for, for this season, 3-1 is not a high-scoring game. <laughs> no. I would still be, like, really happy with that score. Oh. Uh, yeah, but... Um, Anyway, okay, cool. Well, that's uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, Blues live up to that. Our predictions. We'll see what happens. We're good on that. Now, mailbag time. All right. Uh, I I need to start. Where these are all three questions that came in uh, on Reddit. Uh, Toffee Blues John sent out a you know a. A, a carrier pigeon out into the ether and said, "Hey, we need questions for uh, for for Jerry and Cameron." And this is these are the three that came back. Um, the first one, I'm just gonna say it, is really hard. Just saying, uh, kind person nine Yoshi five asked a question about uh, our struggle to shift out players and uh, the fact that we're bringing in where we are bringing in players and financial fair play. And I got to be honest, if I gave a serious answer to this, um, I think it would be part bullshit. Um, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, it <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a serious question and it's a very uh, Everton Business Matters type question. But I think it's one that I wish I had a little bit more ability to answer. All I can say is I think we are going to see uh, some of these players leave, uh, even if it's just on loan. And the hope is uh, uh, Marcel Bronze, that guy right back there. For those of you who are asking for the uh, for the altar to come back, the shrine, the Marcel Bronze shrine, right right over there. Uh, the hope is that a guy who got the three players he did for the price he did can figure out a way to uh, to shift some of these these folks. Um, you know, I can see. I, I I don't know. I'm worried about it too. I'll be honest. All right. Um, you know, because you you see some really intelligent people talking on Twitter about it, and uh, about how we're trying, we need to balance things out. And it, I feel like they're they're smarter than I am, you know, especially about this kind of stuff. And if they're worried, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be a little worried. Um, does it kind of pee in my cornflakes a little bit? Yes, because I'm excited because players. Are you kidding? You know, but it, there is that realistic part that's kind of like you know. Uh, I, I would like if we first were to somehow get into Champions League for us to actually be able to play. We need, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so uh, do I? Do I know how it's going to happen? No. Um, but do I think we're going to get at least two players before the end of the window? Yes, I do. Do I have any inside information? No. All right, not at all. <laughs> Well, this is the part of the pod where I will, where people should know that if you thought we planned everything with the scoreline being the same, now you will know that we had, did not plan any of this because that's a very, very tough question. Um, first off, yeah, I, I, I have confidence with Bronze because of what he's accomplished. Well, let's just say in the last two months, um, mm -hmm. 40 million for three players is unheard of. Right at this. It, Nowadays, especially three players of that caliber that he just got. Um, oh, and, so, and Cuckoo for the price he got, too. Oh, my Cuckoo. gosh. Yeah. That guy. 
Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I just had to say that. <laughs> oh, he's, especially he's going to be playing tomorrow. We got to include him. Yeah. Uh, but he uh, he's instilled confidence, I think, in the entire fan base that he can keep us well within financial fair play while still getting revamping the squad and getting shipping out players that don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's one thing to do what, and I, I'll mention them because they deserve this, but Manchester City who just dropped another 70 million on a player today uh, with this now on, was it over 400 million uh, in just defensive players in the last four years? I mean, if you want to go down that road and really, really <laughs> draw FIFA's ire, but then use your attorneys to get you out of it. You know, that's your, that's your deal. Um, I would prefer, a, I would prefer a club that, you know, I, Everton has been, unfor- has been a little bit f- too much of free spenders in the last about three years, they've not been very good with their spending, but that has seems to have changed in the last year, like it's got 365 days. Mm-hmm. And I like to for it to somewhat go back to that, where we we start finding these gems again for you know bargain bargain bin prices, where we know these guys are good. We can go. We are good at having our scouting department should be the best in Europe or best in England. It's you know I remember. Everton in the early days when I started watching them under Moyes, they had no money, but they went and they would go to all ends of the of, of Great Britain to find some of these guys that you'd never heard of. And they end up being the, these incredible players and ambassadors for us. Using and, you know, football manager. It's all you need is football like, manager. <laughs> you got to do now. So, <laughs> you can, But I like where we seem to be heading, which is almost a hybrid. We're a club now that does have money, has a, a, a an owner that has the capability to back us or back the manager when he asks for something. But I also would like to be able to be the club that we once were that was able to also go out and find those gems and right. combine that and right. be able to say you're still kind of the people's club in a way where you – you, you know, you still we still have Seamus Coleman starting out, starting for us yeah. <laughs> sixty for sixty grand. Yeah. So it's it's. Uh, but to answer his question, um, I think moving forward, I think we have the right person in charge in Browns. We have obviously the right manager. I think we are going to be okay in terms of making sure that we stay within the rules and while still strengthening the squad. And I think we'll be. I think moving forward, this is the right strategy. It's a long answer, but yeah. Yeah, Yoshi, if you're out there, I will say uh, I'm concerned. And uh, we'll see how concerned I need to be when the end of the window. Because I think there's a lot of, there's been a lot of rushing.
And I 